terrors of tripping on pump. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Big fat hi. doobies. Hi. 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 What's up, everybody? Today's Sunday, April 10th, 2016. This is episode 175 of the Hotbox. It's a nice it's a nice number. A nice episode number. I like that. 175. Uh, com slash live. You can watch these hangouts uh, every week. We will try. <laughs> now that we're moved and everything, uh, start getting shows out more regularly. Uh, I'm Matt Lee. This joining me, as uh, usual lately, has been Gooey Rabinsky. He uh, does some internet writing here and there. Uh, yeah. And and he wrote a book for all of the beginner people that may not see eye to eye on uh, medical cannabis. Uh, you could give them this book. How you doing, Gooey? Hey, man. How's it going? Good, good. Got moved back in. Got unpacked. Studio's up and running now. Got a couple weed reviews done. I mean, it's great. It was like Christmas, unpacking all of the studio stuff again. I was like, ah, I have Unpacking all, this... all the stuff you already own. Yeah, it's like, oh, I have all this recording equipment. Cool. All right, let's do something with it again now. 100, 175 episodes. We've been doing this since, what, we were like 14? Yeah, since like 2010. Wow. That's when the show yeah. started. We picked you up about... I don't know, like a year ago, it feels like. It's, yeah, it's getting up there, I guess. That's crazy. Yeah, I've been here over a year now. And uh, actually, we're going to have uh, my friend Dan uh, come talk to us here uh, in a few. Uh, as you know, if you live in Washington, medical is slowly winding down uh, to give way to the I-502 recreational uh, plan that the LCB has put into place. So, uh my job, well, part of my job, because I, I work on the medical side right now, we do have a rec side, but uh, I just work on the medical side. So in July, that's going to be over and done with, and I'll be moving over to the rec side, uh, and then hopefully moving on to Oregon. But uh, the point is, Dan, he was a medical grower, and uh, some of these people, like, they they got their rec stuff in order and they were, you know, ready for the transition, so to speak. But others were like, mm, we're not really either down with that or we don't want to be recreational. Like we just, we were happy doing medical. If we can't do that, then, you know, we'll, we'll do something else. So, oh, they weren't happy doing medical. They're never happy. Well, yeah, you can't make everyone happy all the time. But <laughs> it is better than what we're seeing in states like Montana, where I'm from, where they're just... Not only are they having, you know, the Supreme Court not being on their side and, like, upholding these rules that's going to put a limit on the amount of patients you can care for. It's going to be, like, three. Uh, it's, yeah, they're, they're really just clamping down on it and completely going backwards as to, you know, where it was. But then you have these groups within, you know, the, the Montana cannabis industry, I guess, if, if that covers medical and the people that want rec. And you have all this infighting. It's like, they're like, sign our petition to tax and regulate recreationally. And the medical people are like, no, let's just sign the medical petition because it's a medicine and it needs to be... Uh, treated as such it's like the the opposition is probably just sitting there laughing at all of this infighting because you know that's just good for them so fragmentation yeah you know and i mean it's so controversial uh, that i'm always amazed at, at not the opposing forces within and i don't even know what to call it anymore industry movement culture you know it's all three 
Yeah. Uh, but he, sorry. Oh, I think can, he might have a call. Yeah. Well, can, can, get, can I get Dan on the horn here? Dan, how you doing? Doing well, man. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. You're live on the hot box. Uh, you're here with me and Gooey Rubinsky. Hi there, Gooey. Hey, dude. How's it going? Doing very, very well. So Excellent. we were just talking about how uh, medical here is winding down in Washington in July. And I mentioned that, you know, some of us have rec jobs to go to and, and some of us were going to just stop doing what we were doing. And I kind of wanted to get your uh, your point of view because you were a uh, medical grower and, and caregiver and all that. So uh, first of all, are you are you going rec or what? Did, what are your plans, Dan? Well, from a growing standpoint, I really kind of just had to wrap my operation up as it's kind of the legality has gone out of it. I've, I've always kind of considered myself like a micro grower of sorts. Um, but it's just really the conversion over to rec takes a huge cash infusion and I just don't have the size or the funds to convert. And that's interesting you say that because a lot of the the people that aren't going to wreck in that that's like a big reason they were just, you know, growing for like a handful of friends or as part of a collective and they didn't have the money to put in for all of these uh, new changes that they would have to make to their buildings and, and all of that. Like it, it's expensive for sure. Absolutely. I mean, just to, just to really the license applications and then to run effectively it, it's it's, just, it's a lot of money, and then it's, you just have to be big. I mean, it really it really rewards the big players, and that's not really every anything I ever set out to do. Yeah, it's always just kind of small quality, put smiles on a, a small number of people's faces, and just kind of do it the best you can. It does kind of seem like that, that unless you had you know this large business behind you or you were saving money knowing that you know all right to go wreck which is what i want if that's what you want is going to cost a lot of money so i better start saving now sorry kids uh you're not going to college because daddy's gotta get his wreck front up and running <laughs> well and that's that's exactly right i mean it's to really at the end of the day the end consumer needs a product at the standard prices Uncle Sam's going to get his cut. The middleman's going to get his cut. So who's going to take it in the lower product cost? It's going to be the growers on the back end. And so you have to get big to make up for the volume. And you just your your quantity of cost is just undercut to the just to the bare minimums. Right. And w so with this, you're not able to just keep growing. Like if you wanted a few plants for yourself, uh, once the new rec laws take take effect like there's no more of that right or can can people still grow a few plants you can you can still grow you're you're much more limited i mean there's there's mileage restrictions that surround uh per a recreational shop so i think it's like 15 or 30 miles from a recreational shop you have to be to be able to grow on your own you're limited out at 15 plants maximum total period and then it's I mean, from the last I heard, you are also signed up into a database that is a more or less public record. So, that says what? From this, meditation, what's up? That basically says what? This guy's growing weed on his own? Like, come and, yeah. come and take a look? Or, like, what? what is... I don't get what the, the purpose of that is. We don't have uh, a designated public record for people growing, like, tomatoes or even poppies, for that for that matter. Well, no, and really from a medication standpoint, name something else that you can go find out that somebody is on 
as a public record. Yeah, you can't just call up the pharmacy and be like, hi, I would like a list of all your OxyContin patients. (laughs) That would be great, thanks. You could just you know, email psychotics, things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like you you that's not how it works. But for some reason, because of how dangerous this plant is, we gotta really keep keep on top of it. Otherwise, it's gonna be like that M. Night Shyamalan movie where the plants kill everybody. <laughs> I forget what that's okay. called, but you know what I'm saying. Spoiler I mean, spoiler alert. It was the plant. There's <laughs> sorry, yeah, go ahead. And they, well, I mean, they take away all personal grow caveats. Washington's one of the few states that, even on the recreational side of it, there is no allowance for any amount of plants to be grown whatsoever. Oh, so well, that's kind of what I was asking. Like, as just individuals, once medical is done, assuming that you know you you weren't even medical, I guess, uh, if you could just grow your own plant or two, so you have to actually have this medical license under rec if you're going to grow under 15 plants correct if you're to grow any amount at all i see so what if i not i don't have my card or anything i'm just a rec user what if i want to grow a couple plants is that no no yeah that is that per the the laws of washington that is not currently allowed interesting dan that doesn't sound like freedom dan i'm sorry i thought this was murder <laughs> I, I thought it was America myself. Uh, I'm sorry. I, did did we turn turn around somewhere? I thought this was America. Shit. <laughs> Washington laws es no bueno. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I wonder uh, how different things will be in Oregon. So, what if you and and if you don't want to talk about this, you definitely don't have to. But so, what did you do then? Like, because you're done growing for for medical. Like, what? Where did your career take you in cannabis? Well, it actually it's onto the rec side of things. I'm a, I'm a, 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 a cannabis candy salesman, and so I tra- travel around and uh, and sell cannabis candy. You're a weed candy stripper. I am. I am. I uh, I, I bring around a candy with a little more pop. I put smiles <laughs> on people's faces one way or another. You should see <laughs> this man in heels, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, so, but it's it, it's you, amazing though. I mean, going around and actually seeing this recreational market. I mean, forever I was told, you know, on the black market or on the medical market, you know, this recreational side of things can't survive, and all they're just going to flounder and fail. And every store I go into is just perpetually busy. It's big and bucks like, for sure, and people are like happy to spend the forty five percent tax or whatever they're paying uh, on each bud. It's crazy. It's actually 50% in an excise tax and then 10% in a sales tax, roughly. Is that with the new changes or was that the existing tax structure? Because those were changing, I read. Correct. It used to be 30% at each stage. Right, okay. Producer, you know, as it changed hands each time and then they changed it to just the 50% on on the actual end user end with the sales tax. Right. Got to just pass those savings on to us. I mean... Well, and then here, if you're a patient, then at this point, they'll knock off the sales tax, but you're still paying the excise tax, which is really tripling the cost, at least in most of these situations of your medication, which um, sometimes in the flower ends, it's, they're equaling it out a little bit, but really for, for quality meds, for quality flower that's out there, they want astronomical amounts of money for it. Yeah, definitely. It's not your like two hundred bucks an ounce type stuff. Like you're you're paying like twenty bucks a gram, if not more. And then you know, 
and and let's it, and that's not even talking concentrates. You know, once you get into concentrates, it's 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 pretty expensive. I mean, no man, I was over in Spokane this last Thursday, Friday, and we were in certain places that had half grams of rosin that were forty dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. That's Especially then you look at the individuals, and you know this is probably better than than a lot of people. What what they're willing to pay for flour and what it costs to make really good flour, it's like you, you almost can't compete with with prices like that. Especially when the shops are only willing to pay a certain amount because you have your large tier threes able to sell, you know, mediocre to and I'm not all of it's mediocre. Some of it is pretty good, but the majority of the big grows aren't producing very great material, you know. They're too big. They're not they don't have enough staff to work it properly. It's yeah. You know, it's really kind of funny when they you start seeing some of these folks that are the candy producer and and everybody wants you to to buy their oils, and they they have them roll out, and it's kind of you see some of them, and you snicker a little bit, and you're like, really? <laughs> this, this, this is it? Like this, get get out of here with this dark swamp water. I mean, I don't, we don't want this <laughs> poop soup. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just it. It's like you know, I said this is going to translate into everything that we put it into, and that garbage in, garbage out philosophy is so prevalent in everything that we do. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Have have you just had your mind blown, like being in the medical side and then seeing like all of these different rec setups and everything? Absolutely. I mean, as you saw the evolution of the medical side, really, and so from you know, because I was in there for quite a few years, and from you know, it's kind of its beginnings to more or less you know the apex of it. It was you really saw some evolution of stuff that was just garbage to stuff that was getting you know clearer and clearer and you know you saw these terp profiles to start showing up on things and people are starting to get really proud of their concentrates and they're fractured (laughs) into this recreational market and you're just seeing it all of a sudden you know there was quality and then now you're seeing it on the other end again it's popping back up and these places are starting to do it but the price differential is just astounding yeah gooey uh coming from a state that you're in that really doesn't have any of this. Do you do you hear this and you're just like, oh, these these poor first world problems complaining about price. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here a damn criminal for smoking some weed, allegedly. Well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I you know, back at the end of 2015, I moved from the Midwest to Austin, and I have a real good hookup here in Austin. I get uh, potent BHO. I I don't know how pure or clean it is. Uh, sometimes my lung lungs tell me not so much uh i get flowers for about uh 230 to 250 an ounce and they're top shelf they're, they're real good and sometimes they're sativa dominant um the 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 bho goes for about 50 a gram so when you're talking in a legal state 40 for a half gram yeah that kind of makes my head explode even though the the let's just call it a, a criminal tax is that is that worth 40 bucks I, I'm, I'm just looking at, okay, let's just assume that they're equally decent products, okay? And you're paying in a legal state 80 a gram, and here I am in prohibitionist land, Yeehaw, Texas, and I'm paying 50. Now, granted, I got a good hookup, but it's, it's not like I know the producer and I went to college with him, you know? Well, so, well let's, let's go ahead and 
Gooey, let's assume that you're getting your material, hypothetically, uh, from the cartels. And let's say our material that we're getting, the, that money's going to like help the school system and education. Uh, your money's kind of just going to fund like guns and, and murder and, and ter- <laughs> Mexican mafia. Terrorism, basically. <laughs> I'm funding, you're making me feel great. I'm funding the Mexican I'm mafia. I'm just saying, and, like, and that's. That's one of the prices that that you gotta you gotta ask yourself. You know, I is... am I'm working on it. I'm 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 gonna for four twenty. I'm gonna do kind of a sabbatical, little working vacation. I'm gonna go to Portland for for a week or so, and, and I'm gonna scope it out. And, and maybe I'll move to Portland in no, Maine. Maine's a long ways away. Yeah, that's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> You're really going to Oregon? Portland, Oregon's like a few hours from here. I will come and visit you. I, I will be there for 420. I'll be there in, you know, like nine days or whatever. And uh, yeah, I'm going to hang around for about a week. I'm going to bring my bike because Portland's a cycling city. And, and I like I'm going to explore it on my bike. I figure that's the best way to do it. Eh? Well, hey, why don't you just bike up here and then you can come see me and Dan and we'll show you what uh, dabs are all about. Sure, it's probably only you know twelve hour uh, bike ride. I you know maybe seventeen. Uh, okay. You know. What Dan Dan is actually also he he might not tell you this, but he is also our airport chauffeur as well oh, as he's like the best Uber driver you'll ever have. Basically, oh, I love Uber. My and my you know the folks around here who like to drink a lot, they really love Uber. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But uh, also, yeah, I would, I would with joints in the uh, center console. What's that, Dan? Oh, that's yeah, <laughs> that's right. This 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 fellow right here, he'll take care of you. I'll I'll tell you what. I just I believe that we can have. I, I believe that legal states and legal systems can have better prices than the black market if run properly and intelligently, you know, with real metrics and and kind of an objective outlook. Uh, and you can put those tax dollars into the schools and the roads. And I, I think we can do both. And, you know, it, it's, it would be interesting to really get down to brass tacks and investigate it almost from an academic perspective, like you were doing a Ph.D. thesis and look at the current state of things in, in Denver and Portland and Seattle and California and Alaska and, and to really get down to it. But from what I'm seeing, uh it's you know if you're in a municipality or, or a county where they ban this stuff, certainly you can just yeah you can just drive to to the other town right. But uh, <laughs> th- that seems to be the the number one blockade of the conservatives. Not only these taxes, but just saying okay, and you can't do it here. Right, and the other the other side of it too, like these places are providing jobs. Like they, I have a better job than what I had in Montana doing you know just regular nine to five work. There's benefits and there's there's right. insurance and all that. Like they're legit. You just can't get paid it with a check. It's it's all cash right. still. Well, and it stimulates the economy too. I mean, I really really don't want to be uh, funding a cartel. I don't care what country they're from. Yeah, we got a lot down in Mexico, but. You know, organized crime that also uh, plays around with heroin and cocaine and, and sexual trafficking and stuff. I, no, I really don't want my dollars to go. Right. There. It's, it's not that. like you can say, okay, you can use this, but not for trafficking humans, okay? Oh. I only want this <laughs> used for growing weed. <laughs> right, right. They don't, they don't care where they get the yeah, money, if it's yeah. hookers or if it's weed. They really don't give a shit. Well, did you guys see this? I, I keep seeing this passed around Facebook that the DEA is talking about making uh, an announcement, and they're they're saying that they may reclassify 
weed soon. Right, Possibly right. the first half I'll of 2016. And uh, there was a Facebook post in one of the Montana groups I'm in, and uh, uh, one of the people in there, his name's Chris Lindsay, he had this to say about it I thought it was kind of interesting. He says the FDA will almost certainly not reschedule raw cannabis materials, buds and flowers. It would reschedule cannabinoids, then begin extensive and exhaustive tests, Sativex is over 10 years so far, and then have cannabis grown and processed in other countries as it does with drugs made from poppy plants. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And then uh, an- another lady in there, called, her name's Kate, she pointed out that this might be a Trojan horse in a bad direction since these lawmakers would probably be less supportive of uh, state approaches. So, And that is interesting, right? There are no poppy fields in the U.S. that I am aware of. Maybe there <laughs> are, but Purdue Pharma doesn't have... Like, you always hear about it in the Middle East or somewhere in some, like, war-torn country that we kind of saved but not really saved but you know the afghan poppies yeah exactly it's so i i could i see his point that you know if that did happen it might not necessarily be the great thing that we all hope it would be oh i i've maintained that for for quite some time if it actually succeeds on the federal level to to achieve especially you know certain status as as a pharmaceutical the reins that will then be placed on it are going to be unbelievable. Right. And so, I mean, really, it's it's kind of, you want it to stay in kind of the, the grayish type area because that's really kind of where it plays best. But to, mm. to for the straight-up medical legalization, it's going to be under the reins of medicine, and I, that goes into big pharma. I forget who said it, but they, they were talking about uh, treating it as like a supplement because if you compare the two they're very similar in that neither of them kill people uh, both of them are very safe your body kind of just uses what it needs and gets rid of the excess in a way like just regulate it like you regulate supplements you know just if people want yeah, them that's that was fine a if you want to grow he was saying that, yeah, yeah like herbs is that who that was yeah yeah okay. yeah. yeah I thought that was really really you know, perfect. Like, yeah, that's Christy that's bastard he... from from uh, Denver. Yeah, yeah, I like that guy. He was cool. <laughs> He's good. He's smart. But yeah, they say, and uh, those of you listening, you probably already know this, but just for the record, of course, that the the DEA Schedule One uh, is where marijuana sits with heroin, MDMA, mescaline, and other drugs. Uh, which <laughs> offer no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse, which is pretty much the opposite of what weed is. Well, we would be dead by now, dude. Come on, all three of us here. Wouldn't we all be dead? If there wasn't weed, I would have killed no, myself. No, a very I mean, long- if weed oh. was dangerous. Oh, well, yeah, that too. Like, everybody would be dead. So many people smoke <laughs> it. Like, even even in the face of smoking badass shit full of pesticides and, and mold and all that that you know you've smoked before. If you smoke weed, like, you know you've smoked some nasty shit before. Hell yeah. And we're still here, definitely. Some of us may have some emphysema developing, but hey. <laughs> For the most part, we're we're here and we're fine, and and there has been generation after generation of of people that smoke it and smoke it on the daily. There's just no like, okay, we don't have people with clipboards and pointy noses with glasses being held up, like documenting the fact that we're all okay because it's a <laughs> schedule one. So it's not like they're going to reschedule it and then everyone's going to be like, oh, study me, study me. It's going to be like, well, now none of you can smoke it unless you come to this, 
this paid study that they're actually performing. Well, maybe maybe Dan can talk more to, uh, I'd certainly like to research it a bit more. I know a lot of activists are saying that if we go from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2, as I believe Hillary Clinton has suggested in kind of her ninja pivot uh, turn on the whole medical marijuana thing, uh, that that would actually be bad because there would be a lot of roadblocks to research and that really what we need to do is go Schedule 3. So uh, the argument of a simplistic, overly simplistic argument of just rescheduling black or white, okay, yes, we have to reschedule, and no consideration of how we reschedule, I'm starting to hear a lot of vibes of Schedule 2 would – some people are actually saying then de-schedule. Let's Schedule 1 instead of Schedule 2. Why don't you just deschedule? It doesn't need to be scheduled. There's no – it doesn't kill people. So That would certainly be schedule. nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think, you know, if you want to talk about deaths, probably guns and cars should be a Schedule 2. Cars. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You know, depending if some people use them improperly, they kill people. Some it people must be like, why I like cars so much. It's such a risky lifestyle if you try to test their limits. Well, cars have trunks, and trunks are about the size of a couple dead bodies. So you know, you, you <laughs> hey, do, hey, you I just do the math. The <laughs> I want to make sure my body's not one of the dead ones. You know. Well, of course, it's why it's your car. <laughs> Uh, did you guys see this? Uh, this was a cool infographic going around, kind of comparing uh, America's 2015 weed sales in context with other, like, normal companies. Companies like Dasani, who sold $1.2 billion worth of water, uh, about half of what legal uh, weed sales were at $3.4 billion. Uh, DiGiorno under them, Girl Scout cookies, the actual cookies. Uh, at $776 million. That's a racket, isn't it? Holy shit. Water. Girl I, Scout cookies. on water, maybe? Well, water, too. That's that's pretty dicks to charge people something that's a necessity. But, but we pay it. But we pay it. Oh, we man. gladly pay it. pay it. You know why? Because our tap water tastes gross. Well, that's a conspiracy. <laughs> that's a good Ron Howard movie in the making there. But, uh... but Girl Scout cookies, damn. That's seven hundred seventy-six million dollars selling. Some I haven't damn tried Girl Scout cookies. cookies. Is it? Should I try it in Portland? No, the well, the weed is good. I'm talking about the cookies. Like that's. A oh, I'm talking big, about the weed. Right, but the cookies bring in a lot of money, and that's that's well, blowing my mind. Well, they hold your grocery stores like terrorists. Right, you can't but... walk through the damn doors without a little girl asking you to give her something. And like, <laughs> yeah, Oreos, Oreos. You want my keys? Okay. Oreos are also cookies, and also in grocery stores, not as big as Girl Scout cookies. Only 711 mil compared to their 776. So, uh, Twizzlers at the bottom at 203 mil, and Wheat Thins at 344. And Budweiser at 17 trillion. Yeah, well, yeah, they didn't have that on this chart, but... (laughs) It is interesting to see now that if, you know, people consider it, even though it's not in all 50 states, as Oreos probably are, yeah? Are uh, you kidding? Are they? Of course. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. That's international distribution. They just give them a different name in Canada and Mexico, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. They call them El Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I, I don't really speak Spanish, but... That's Loreo to you, fool. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, that's that's some good money, definitely uh, getting getting made there, and only four states. And I don't even think are we even counting Alaska? Are they even selling weed yet recreationally, or are they still getting it together? I think it's just Charlotte Green. I think everybody else is like one. 
She is hustling some weed. I'll tell you what. She's if, got her act together, you know. I'm trying if, to, yeah. Anyway, if she knocked on the door selling Girl Scout cookies. I would buy some Thin Mints for sure. For sure. I would buy some some Girl Scout cookies weed from her. Yes, absolutely. I would support well, yeah, her oh, dispensary yeah, and all the hardworking yeah. people there any day of the week. Did you guys see uh, the South Carolina senators not getting medical marijuana and actually rejecting the bill that people had put up? So if you live in South Carolina, uh, you'll have to still wait, I guess. Big surprise. Yeah, not really a state that you were like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Seven to four. I have some ex-relatives there, and it's a a very, you know, almost kind of Alabama culture in many respects. Sure, sure. Seven to four of the state senators voted. Uh, the bill would have allowed patients suffering from, you know, shitty shit like cancer and glaucoma <laughs> and pain. But since you can't now, you'll just have to keep, I guess, taking pills. Uh, and this was interesting, too. That they said that uh, Senator Tom Davis, the main sponsor of the bill, uh, he's worked on this thing for like two years. He says 35 other states have some form of medical marijuana. This is something that is providing real relief to people who are suffering. But the uh, other members, they weren't really having it. One of them in particular, uh, Kevin Johnson, uh, he said, Back in my district, every single medical professional that contacted me about this bill is against it. Wow. Now, he doesn't say that, you know, that was probably like two of them. But he says all the ones that did... They said no. And they explained to me why, and they made some very valid points. None of which I'm going to get into. Just know that they made some valid points, and I have listened to them. And also, he says, all all of my law enforcement people in my district also against this bill. Weird. Wow, funny. You know, I think the cannabis industry, as this culture and movement becomes an industry needs a more powerful lobbying force, not only at the state level, but also, you know, in D.C. Because what's interesting is the pharmaceutical lobby is larger than the petrochemical lobby. And I think a lot of Americans don't understand that. Think about that. There, that, that there is more money, more billions of dollars being poured into lobbying our leaders for uh, favorable rules and taxation and regulations for pharmaceutical drugs and all the shit we're talking about where cannabis is uh, like 99.9% of the time better than the pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, and how much money is being spent by the cannabis industry in all 50 states and in D.C.? Apparently not enough. So you're saying we need we need to send Dan over there with like a billion dollars in his pocket and go just, yeah, that. Go just grease some palms. Dab samples. I recommend dab samples, especially to, you know, some choice senators. Yeah, they would appreciate it. I'll bring us some candy. Nobody can deny the candy, and then they're, they're done. It's just it's over. That's true. They'll be like, wow, <laughs> this is pretty good. Pretty when, really, if you look at the medical professionals, drug reps are medical professionals. Sure. It's like, who you did know? he ask? You know, yeah, yeah. When, you know, in law enforcement, are, are, I mean, if you even if you look at the you know the Colorado documentaries and all the documentaries that follow both sides of it, and you follow the legal rationale as it goes, it is so transverse to what the data shows in everything that they bring up, and it's just like, no, my head's in the sand. This is the way it's going to be. La 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 la. I don't hear any of this. The benefit isn't isn't possible. It's not real, and it's just freaking maddening. 
There's a whole damn degree that they cannot figure out that there is benefits to this, that it may not be your path to wellness, but it's somebody's path to wellness, and that's right. okay. But look at what they're using. Like, it's the same excuse, just saying that, well, in, in Colorado, where recreational use is legal, uh, use by children ages 12 to 17 is double the national average for that age group. And they say things like, well, the, the that's fine, but all of that legal medical marijuana could be diverted to recreational use. So it's like, well... <laughs> That's, you know, this is this is a culture war, plain and simple. That's I think happening I with alcohol and pills and everything. Like they they're saying here that they have a seed to sale tracking system that's supposed to prevent that, but law enforcement says that tracks the weed only to the point of sale, so it could still end up being sold after that. Just like hmm, alcohol <laughs> that kids go pay a homeless guy to go buy for that, like <laughs> anything that people want like that is going to get diverted if you say a certain yeah. section of the population can't have it for whatever reason. Like they're you gonna can't want sell it. without opportunity for diversion. Yeah. You know, diversion is a big deal in these state regulations. They and I'd rather it. have a bunch of weed diverted into you know places maybe it shouldn't be than pills or booze like that. That has way worse repercussions on a yeah. on a society but this this culture war remember it just it's it's so part of their dogma that they're gonna lie they're not gonna examine the science here's the problem we can't have and i think it's what frustrates dan but dan tell me we can't have a science-based discussion that because that's how do you get more objective than a science-based discussion seriously okay take the religion out of it Take the, you know, you live how you want, I live how I want. It's freedom in America, right? But if we can't have a science-based dialogue, how, how the hell are we going to get anyway? Look, we push one, one foot ahead, and they push us four feet back, you know? The, and, and the more lead states that legalize through ballot initiatives and such, the more the offense, they're well-funded. They're, they're just going to start kicking people in the nuts. I'm, you know, sorry to sound so crude, but I think it's going to get even worse. Dan? Yes, sir. It's terrible. <laughs> well, it, it, it really is. I mean, and, you know, and, and kind of back to our, just the other section of what it's going to take with the lobbying power to be able to, to, to combat part of this, especially on a national stage. You know, a lot of these states have torn down the, 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 the current legislation that restricts outside <laughs> monies from investing into these industries. And I know that Colorado, Oregon, and Washington, all three have taken away the barriers for outside investment, allowing for the development now of big business marijuana. And, and you know, though it's, it's one hell of a double-edged sword, it, I think some of the power of the, the, the money is going to start to be generated from all of these outside investments so they can to conglomerate and develop big marijuana. But then on the other hand, you're going to have big marijuana and is that a good thing mm. so so you're getting down to like shades of gray here and, and and saying okay big money brings a lot of good stuff and big big money brings a lot of problems too you exactly i mean when you get to the power of being able to combat the pharmaceutical on national stage what do you lose being able to generate those big funds is your humanity your soul <laughs> and probably a lot of sleep <laughs> and then what, what industry are they we don't lose sleep. They're, they got a Mercedes S500 in the garage. They don't lose sleep. 
Yeah, you just have to hope that the people that start that industry have a better moral compass than those in the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms industries, I guess. <laughs> but greed is everywhere. It's a human trait, so humans start the thing that's going to have those characteristics. It's, yeah, it's kind of 20th century versus 21st century thinking, too, I think. So many of these really cool, uh, hip, new companies that embrace sustainability, you know, inclusion of all minority interests. Uh, they're 21st century companies. They've been founded within the last decade or, or, or 15 years. And a lot of this, you know, you mentioned firearms, tobacco, booze, you know, that, that's really not just 20th century thinking, but it's thinking that goes back centuries earlier. And we're really, as, as a world, as societies, trying to evolve beyond that. But man, look at all the roadblocks they're putting up. It's, hey, been a, it's been a long game of psyops to get people to think a certain way about this plant and that that culture, <laughs> I guess, that has arisen from it. Like, it's, it, it is. There's a lot there to process and to kind of turn off and to rewrite. And it's it's going to happen eventually, for sure. It's just, we're all, like, waiting because the way we were raised, we're like, this is ridiculous. Like, why is this still a thing? But the the gears of oh, how, yeah. how it changes, like, move much slower than, than we would like. Right. I mean, I came out to my kids last summer uh, in terms of smoking cannabis, and the reaction, they're 14 and 16, my 14-year-old daughter was like, really weed dad and i said what do you mean so you're embarrassed that i do it and and she goes no why do we have to have this talk it's just weed <laughs> that's brilliant and that's that it awesome. right that's true that's kids don't give a shit we don't give a shit just, these millennials if they're weed. they're real tied into social media and i've turned them into little tech geeks walking around with their apple devices you know in every pocket but oh, that's depressing. Uh, they you know they're connected to a culture that's worldwide literally and i'm i'm proud of that i'm glad they can see outside their local community and their local state you know their state and 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 just all that but they have a it's you know we need to realize that these these kids are going to college, they're coming into power, they're they're starting their own companies, and sometimes they're even becoming politicians and helping form these regulations. You know, we need to, you know, we just need to educate people and get rid of the stigma and help the world see it from the perspective of the millennials who say, look, it's just weed. Why is this such a big deal? Yeah, and that's the other thing, like a lot of those, a lot of those places that are having problems with this, like those people are up for re-election and it's making people that normally wouldn't even give a shit about politics one way or the other at that level, like they're getting involved in it and they're, they're, people are standing up and they're giving speeches and they're moving other people and eventually all of these shitty people will get replaced by all of these good people and then shit can start to, you know, even out a little better. But let's hope. I mean, we got a nice start with these with these four states in DC, but you know, and even there, all this opposition, you know, at the at the municipal and county level and even at the state level. I mean, it's it's everywhere, you know. So let's let's hope we can take it from four states in DC to 12 states and 15 or 20 and that gets us the momentum at the federal level that's necessary to fix things like merchant banking and all that other bullshit. Yeah. It is, it's reefer madness. There was this uh, other interesting article that was talking about some towns that are just completely banning it. And in states like like we're in, in Washington and Colorado, there are still places, and a lot of people may not know this, it's not legal everywhere in the state because certain, like you said, municipalities, uh, they ban it. 
Uh, Wasilla, Alaska is in there. Sarah Palin's hometown. They ban marijuana businesses, even though city officials knew that there was a risk that banning legal weed sales could cause this whole black market thing to flourish. They still decided that uh, you can only consume weed on private property and you can't sell it anywhere within the town's city limits. <laughs> wow. Uh, Kiss, Colorado. Uh, they initially banned m- marijuana businesses, but then kind of they're having a little second thoughts. Uh, it was a, a coal mining town, uh, but that industry, of course, has long since passed. Uh, town leaders are taking up the issue again this month and reconsidering whether weed businesses should be allowed. So if you live there in Hotchkiss, <laughs> Colorado, you know, you got to let them know. Uh, Washington, D.C., of course, they legalized weed in 2014 but the city has had a hard time figuring out what to do since then washington currently bans any sale of marijuana within district limits the city has also banned smoking in all public spaces private clubs bars hotels and restaurants Uh, the district has had an issue with people smoking anything in public which has made officials reconsider smoking in private clubs should even be allowed you know, one of the chief architects of all the opposition in D.C. is Representative Andy Harris, who is a medical doctor from Maryland. He's a rep from Maryland. And uh, I just find it highly ironic that uh, Representative Harris here is a medical doctor, and he is so just incredibly opposed to the citizens of D.C., sick people, cancer, MS, epilepsy, children, you know, who can't lead a regular life. And he's opposed to them using this for for medical efficacy, let alone the freedom of uh, adult users to to consume an herb. Uh, It just blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, Even in California, there's uh, some places, San Juan Capistrano in particular, uh, Linden City, Washington. They've been consistently extending a temporary ban on sales of weed since 2013. And they're thinking about just making that thing permanent. Fuck it. (laughs) we'll just we'll ban it permanently who cares so yeah there's there's definitely places out there in legal states still that are like no it's dangerous reefer madness and and all that nonsense unfortunately washington it's it's you can tell i mean all the stores that i visit are in tight grouping you know, in the places that have allowed for these shops to exist but for the ones that don't there's been talk that the state is going to come in and say, no, sorry guys, you can't do this, and they're going to override what the municipalities have got going on. To make them let stores open? Correct. That's uh, Correct. That's good. I Yeah, I, I think that's good if, if people want them there. I mean, there's no... The market will say, right? Like, if, if you open a shop and the people there don't smoke weed, you're obviously not going to do very well. So if... If you can open, open markets, sh- man. Yeah, exactly. If you can yeah. open a shop yeah, there, let it Let it happen, yeah. and if not, then yeah. it'll sort itself out. Exactly. So. And really, it's, uh, I heard a little bit of talk of, of banks earlier. Keep in mind, I get a paycheck. An actual check? Yes, That's I get. Some I get a bullshit. paper check. Where the <laughs> Where the hell are you getting checks? That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the company is called PayQuick, but there's two which are they're like they they allow for vendors to transfer monies in between each other, and there are two banks currently in Washington. I don't know the name of them, 
but they allow for cannabis and marijuana business. Payquick, huh? I saw them a long time ago at some uh, conference thing, and I thought it was kind of interesting. They they kind of at first came off as, like, some Russian banking shit, but I keep, like, yeah. following them, and they, like, they're getting legitimacy for sure. So that's that's cool. That is that who your check, like, it says Payquick on it? Yeah, correct. And that's, 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 that's how it, I mean, how it all makes come back to the cartel and who the hell knows just a different set of them but um, <laughs> nor there. um awesome <laughs> but it's that uh, it yeah i mean it's, it's a little strange i mean they can even i mean we get checks like i process checks i take check payments or electronic payments and so it's, it's kind of opening up a little huh. bit i believe these are both credit unions and neither one would be fdic insured but, but they do exist that's cool, man. That, I mean, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, I get taxes taken out. I get federal taxes taken out of my check. Well, I mean, I get but taxes that, taken out and everything. We just don't get checks. Like, we get cash, which is Can Can we fine. arrest the Fed for ill-gotten gain? <laughs> Maybe. Funny how they'll take just that and spend it. it on black helicopters and SWAT teams. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's legit till July, I guess. Well, and on the DEA thing about them kind of laying down arms with it, they've accepted money, especially in these legal states, to eradicate this plant. So tell me how that works out when they've taken these money to get rid of this thing, but then it's legal now and they're told to stop. I know. I mean, I would have just got rid of it for them for free. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I just give it to me. Don't burn it. Just Don't burn, I'll it burn it. Here. I'll burn it, you guys. That's cool. I got this. I've been, I'm actually, out of the ground. I'm a professional. I've been burning for more than 10,000 hours. So just, I'll take it from here. You're doing it all wrong. <laughs> I'll take it from here, guys. Thank you. Uh, there's this interesting study showing how long-term weed use may be a one-way ticket to socioeconomic problems. Now, this might be right up your alley, Dan. Didn't you also uh, possess a PhD in weedology? Uh, Psychopharmaweedology, I believe. Yeah, no, I have a, I have a degree in addiction studies. Yeah, um, that's, what, that's what I meant. Yes, yes, I do, I do possess one of those. Um, and I believe I went to weed college for a couple of years up in a shed back behind my house. I also, um, <laughs> I also hold classes twice daily if you want to go. That's right. Trim. Tutorial. Now I have tutorials. It was a struggle there for a while. That's I was a so student at you, you can get addicted to like nude females and stuff like that, right? Motorcycles. You can get addicted to that, right? Anything that makes a, anything that can put a smile on your face is in theory oh addictive. <laughs> Water. I mean, yeah, pretty much anything. I think I'm in trouble. I'm in big trouble. So these these guys, they were studying these kids that were born in New Zealand from birth in 72 to 73, all the way up through age 38, and assessing their changes in health over their lifetime. Uh, and they made this shocking discovery, right? Heavy and persistent cannabis use had negative repercussions on people socially and financially. Huh. 
Could the black market have anything to do with that? Well, they say even after accounting for a number of factors which could have swayed the results, like childhood socioeconomic problems, lower IQ, antisocial behavior, depression, and a host of other factors, uh, they kept coming back to these results. And they said that the team found regular cannabis users experienced downward social mobility and more financial problems, such as troubles with debt and cash flow, than those who did not report such persistent use. If it's you like, go to jail and you lose your job, weed's then you expensive. Can pay your bills. I, I, we're, you know, we're jailing kids for, you know, a couple grams do in we, the city. So, as as an internet show, do we have any listeners in New Zealand? Like, how much does weed cost in New Zealand? Because maybe it's just really expensive there, and they're like, <laughs> well, yeah, I have a hard time with my cash flow because I smoke so much weed. Doesn't mean Might I'm a, true. Doesn't mean I have a shitty life. It just means that you know, weed's expensive. Six hundred dollars an ounce. Yeah, they say they. What that sample size was again? Uh, let's see. They said uh, a bunch. No, it doesn't say. Okay, I mean, there's a lot of questions there, like age of first use. What do they consider regular use? Do they use any other drugs? A group. How many children are in a group? Well, I mean, a group, I mean, this needs to be tens of thousands to be an accurate representation of anything. Hmm. They probably got 17. That's a lot of these studies, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, that, that, the methodology that's performed in these are just mind-boggling half the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I, just, I found it interesting that they said that these people had more antisocial behaviors at work, such as stealing money or lying to get a job. Like, do you smoke weed? Uh, no. Wait, <laughs> do you drug test? Like, I don't know. And, check this out, they also experience more relationship problems, such as intimate partner violence and controlling abuse. Wait, that's booze. Violence comes from booze. Isn't weed that interesting? Just, let's talk about this. It also comes from extended uh, cannabis use in New Zealand. In the 70s, if you started in the 70s. Those crazy socialists. Does this blow... I mean, what else did these folks have? I mean, you're going to have to send me the link to this study, because now this is going to irritate the hell out of me until I know how they did that. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, though, how you can, how you can pick, pick bits like that and be like, oh, look, all these potheads beat their wives. Well, they were also <laughs> drunks, but they also smoke pot, so it could go either way. <laughs> An extraordinarily large percent, you know, regular users, I mean, I think they could translate that into addicts pretty quick. And of that number, an extremely high amount have co-occurring something. They have something else going on. Yeah. And it just seems to me, especially in Australia. Like, do you have have antisocial behaviors and do you intimately beat your wives? (laughs) I mean, it definitely doesn't sound like... Where do you find the motivation if you're stoned all the time? Maybe she smoked your last bowl. I don't know. I'm, well, then that that's a different story. I'm sorry. I'm not saying you should have hurt anybody. But. <laughs> we're not advocating this, but if you take my last ball, we're going to have an issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's they go on to say, like, that's kind of the problem with it being Schedule 1 is that we can't have very good studies, and the studies that do come out are like, here, you can study how this is bad for you, but not anything else. So, you know. Hmm, that sounds objective. Yeah, right? Completely objective and unbiased. 
It's no bias. Science, science. She blinded me with science. <laughs> oh, well. So that's that. I mean, if, if you look at all the other drug studies out there, they're all double-blind, placebo-type studies, and none of that's allowed to do. So I mean, the agendas that are set forth in the majority of the stuff that out that are so prevalent that it's, it's almost difficult to read some of the studies that are out there because you just pick them apart. Like, like I was saying, there's so much information that's missing to draw these accurate conclusions or these inaccurate conclusions. That's right. Well, my bowl's empty. I'm going to go beat my girlfriend and probably my baby. So, <laughs> oh, Well, Dan, awesome to have you. We should definitely... <coughs> definitely do this more often and maybe talk about you know growing in in general maybe stuff i do like, like that. doing that i enjoy doing that quite a bit i know and i bet you probably don't get to do that very much anymore with your new day job no one gives yeah, a no shit about can. about growing it they just want to know how much it is you know i got all these people are beating me up over price now that the uh the markets are shifting yeah and you, you're the one that's got to find a happy medium now to where we can all get paid. <laughs> yeah, you know that's uh, that, that that's really kind of it. I mean, at a certain point, I may may jump on board and just just kind of head out of Monster Grow, but I've got to be able to figure out a way to do it to the the kind of the meticulous. I mean, it takes a lot to do it well, and oh, definitely, it'll take even more to do it's... it even on a huge scale, and so right. I mean, that's we see that over and over again with these tier threes producing bugs and and whatnot. Like once you get them in, in a place that big, like you can't really control it. It's nature at that point, man. You just let it do its thing and hope you can extract it. <laughs> the one that that's just I think so happy for extractions. I mean, it, it's, it's allowed for so much subpar bug to turn into something at least, especially <laughs> on the distillate yeah. level. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, we'll definitely we're gonna try and start doing these more regularly, uh, and and we'll we'll have you back. Awesome, man. I really really look forward to it. Dewey, it was very very nice meeting you, man. Hey, man. It was nice talking to you, and I know it's a very uh, disruptive market, so to speak. You know, things are up and down and all over the place. It's a very uncertain future. So, I certainly wish you good luck going forward. Well, thank you guys very very much. You guys have a great rest of your night. Yeah. Later, Dan. Hey, man. Hey, so I I do also want to mention I got a copy of the Cannabis Journal, which has two articles that I wrote. So the and this is the first time I've ever been published in print. So I thought that was kind of cool. It's a little oh, dude, uh, con- congratulations! That's the first time in print. This is like you know you popped your cherry. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, they say you always remember your first. So and I, well, I got I, some more. Articles I do. It's that... a horrific memory, but yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I did some comparing, and compared to what people get paid to write on the web, like I'm doing pretty good. So that that was yeah, just cool I, I to mean, see. Like yeah, I've never could... I've never seen my name in like a magazine like that. So it's it's kind of cool. But uh, the Cannabis uh, Journal, uh, if you're in Washington, you can check it out. I wrote a primer on terpenes and then uh, some fi- I five hundred two data article. So. Check that I'll have out. to check that out to learn what's going on. Yeah, I posted a picture of it profile. on my Instagram. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I like your Instagram. I follow it. I get to see all these dab rigs that I've never used. And, ba- you know, babies I'm gonna and have dab to rigs. Drive <laughs> to your place. <laughs> yep, babies and dab rigs. If you like either of those things, follow me on Instagram. I'm at the jam. That's right, and no diapers because he doesn't do diapers. I don't know how the hell you work this out. Still, Can you explain this, please? I'm uh, just so curious. Perhaps another time, but yeah. 
You are very still, good at that deflection thing. Still I, so far so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hotboxpodcast.com. If you like you weed, like this weed, is where, this is where you, you need to be. be. <laughs> if you like weed, this is where you need to be.